success looks so easy from the outside, but all successful people have had to overcome enormous obstacles along the way. And in many cases, look failure right in the eye. Most successful people don't focus on the struggle and they rarely talk about it because that's not what creates success. Join us here where we'll chat with serial entrepreneurs, both men and women, and share the good, the bad, and the ugly of entrepreneurship. We'll talk about the obstacles we faced and how to overcome them to reach the success that you desire. I am your host, Cami Lehman, and this is She's Invincible. Hey everyone, thank you so much for joining us today on She's Invincible. And do we have an invincible one to introduce you to today? Nikita Ren Thigpen is the number one balance and relationship advisor in the world, activating power couples and potent humans who privately identify with witty tongue-in-cheek humor as the lady, the lazy overachievers. The intersection of work-life balance, sustainable business, mental health, and fulfilling intimate relationships is where Nikita thrives at work and in real life. She's marking her legacy of unbound brilliance, beauty, and balance with unapologetic insights on owning the right to be intentionally selfish by leveraging micro-sabbaticals that empower you to work less and trust your inner brilliance more. Oh my gosh, Nikita, welcome to She's Invincible. I'm so excited to have you here today. Oh, you know, I've been waiting for this, Cammy. Thank you, thank you, thank you for holding the space. Oh my gosh, I can't wait to dig in. This is gonna be fun, you guys. Buckle up, we're taking you on a ride. Oh my gosh, I love, love, love the lazy overachievers. And I totally identify with that. <laughs> I think that was what stopped me in my tracks the first time I saw your bio and was like, I got to talk to this one. I am so happy and excited to jump in. Let's do this. Let's yes. tell our listeners how in the world did you get where you are today and what makes you invincible? Mm. Oh, so many, so many curveballs and roller coasters and spinning plates with that one. The highlight reel, as we like to say, and as you and I were talking about in our kind of green room chat before, is I'm professionally, and I still hold all these titles, I'm a licensed clinical social worker, trauma specialist, relationship expert, and sexologist by foundation. And then, of course, there's a bunch of other things that have incorporated into my tool chest and repertoire of skills that I have that makes me a balance and relationship advisor, which is kind of the house that holds all my tools. My husband and I started this company back in 2011. So I'm predating myself a little bit with a little, remember it was ages of Blackberries and Palm Pilots and all those things um, is how we got started in our business at the time of this recording almost 13 years ago. Uh, when we first started, it really came from a space of, I loved the work that I did as a medical clinical social worker and trauma specialist and all of those psychotherapy hats and all the things I had, but I wasn't in love with it. Part of the reason that I wasn't in love with it was because of the systemic issues that are housed in organizations. For a lot of the people listening to this, if you work for corporates or even nonprofits or just things where there's a lot of micro silos within a larger organizations that don't speak well to each other, and then your clients, customers, patients, whatever you call the end user, are deeply impacted. I had a real big issue with that. I found myself having psychotherapy sessions, private sessions with families, usually couples, sometimes the whole family and others. And I would hear their psychosomatic issues, their challenges that were happening in their body, the anxiety, the depression, you know, maybe they were recovering or going through grief, whatever it was. And I'm able to help them survive, right? Like to get up off the floor, the bottom of themselves and stand up. But you're limited in so many of these systems with helping people thrive beyond that one acute moment, right? Like get them to survive, get them to sign their discharge papers or some version of that and keep them moving because the insurance company is only going to pay for certain levels of care, right? Or certain diagnoses. Uh, and that was really hard for me. I was having integrity issues. I was really challenged as a woman, as a wife, as a mom, as a minister, like 
all these things were kind of coming up and I didn't feel aligned. I was also feeling burnt out from 16, 18 plus hour days because the reality is when you work in a lot of these systems and this is not just healthcare specific, but it was my healthcare specific issue. You can't clock out at 4.30 just because that's your end time. If you have a trauma one flying in in a helicopter and it's 3.30 and you need an hour for intake and all the things, not including the other system people who had to be in it, you got to tell your family, I'll be late for dinner. You might not even have a chance to give them a call to let them know that. And this was happening for me for over a decade, just years and years and years. And it was starting to add up. I wasn't as young and spry as I was when I entered into the care in early, 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 early 2000s, really late 90s, but I'm trying not to date myself too much. Um, and my kids were young at the time. So when we started, our adult kids now who are 27 and 23, 13 years ago, were in middle, middle school going into high school. I felt empowered. They didn't need me to spoon feed them or change, you know, underwear, diapers and training pants anymore. So I felt empowered to take that moment to step into a new way of doing exactly what I've always been doing, which was building stronger families and ultimately breaking generational curses, which we call creating new multi-generational imprints. Um, but now I could do it more holistically. I didn't have to cut off a conversation or not ask questions around their time management and some of the other things because the insurance wouldn't cover that part of the intake time or the session time. Um, so that's how I started, how I ended here working specifically with power couples and potent humans was honestly listening. I was listening to the clients that we had in the beginning. When we first started, um, when we first, first started, we were a staffing agency with a professional development training arm. Uh, so we were trying to help people get their finances together by employing them, right? Giving them jobs that would give them confidence and security and skill, and then helping those companies retain those employees so they weren't churning and losing all that knowledge transfer of these fantastic humans that were coming in. Fan great idea wasn't my best skill set because staffing for all of those who don't know is very monetary driven. It's very money first, which is the antithesis of a healer, right? I'm a healer at my core and money is good. I love money. I want you to have money too, right? Like all the people listening, but that's not my driver. It's not the thing that keeps me up in the middle of the night. And for staffing, it's all numbers. And it's kind of a, a bonus to have people have happy jobs and, and good fit. So that was out of alignment. And we dovetailed more into what people were requesting, which was the, I would say the professional development, but it was really just growth and development, which kind of led me into my niche of niche of niche uh, under personal development and relationships and balance specifically. And I had a lot of fun. I had fun sitting with people, listening to their their real truth of why they were confused with the competing priorities and why they were struggling with resenting the people that and their family that they were working so hard for or why they wanted to do something different than the business that they had started. And they weren't looking for business advice. They were really coming to me for how to balance it and maintain healthy relationships without sacrificing their success. So they were, you know, kind of wanting to adapt the models, which is really where the micro sabbaticals and the infusions of permission to pause breaks and to really help them heal their body, mind and soul came from. So that's I that's the highlight that. reel. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And what makes you invincible? Mm, so many things. Well, Nikita, by definition, means unconquerable and victorious depending on the language. I think my life is a mirror of that. I've come from a long, long line of trauma, abuse, and all kinds of different things in the dysfunction of my biological family. And the resilience, which I don't think we should wear as a badge because it is a response to traumatic events. Um, but I'm grateful that I was innately resilient and able to sharpen that resilience. I think all of those things and my capacity to not lose my heart as a giver is part, a huge part of what makes me invincible. But if I had to label it one, one thing, it's my anointing, which is edification. I am here to edify, period, like to lift people up. And I do that no matter how much pain I'm in. Oh, I love that. Huge impact, right? Yes. And there's so many things you do 
And I love that you're using all of your education, your experience, and your gifts and talents uh, at all in one in this business that you have now with your husband. And I think that that is amazing because you you didn't just wake up and say, I'm going to be a coach, right? And be, you know, and a lot of people do that. They're like, oh, I want to, I'm just going to be a coach. And I love that you have all of this medical background and psychological experience Mm -hmm. uh, and you really are helping people, um, but not within that system because I, that system has so many limitations. Mm -hmm. And I think this just lets you spread your wings to be able to give people what they need, but also the other things as well without limitation. So I think that that is so powerful And I love that you redirected in that way. Um, I think the world is a better place when someone like you can make an impact like that. Thank you, Cammie. I appreciate that. And for me, it really is helping people from the bedroom to the boardroom, which you got to choose one when you work in a system. Right. And I didn't want to choose. I'm like the way that you show up in the boardroom with your creativity and your confidence and all the things is exactly how you should be showing up in the bedroom. So if I can help you align that <laughs> building there stronger families, go. here we go. Right? There, you- <laughs> there you go. So yes. So I've heard of mixologist mm-hmm. and now we have a sexologist on the, on the call here. So <laughs> I love that. And, and we can definitely dive into some of those things as well. So um, we today are going to talk about, and this, of course, has to, it's like, you know, you want to sing the song, right? Let's talk about sex, baby. So um, how the strongest relationships are led by those bold enough to be intentionally selfish, which that falls under sexology too. So so let's talk a little bit about this. Um, Give us some some background on this. Um, and how you're helping your clients and what are you finding? I mean, I know there's a lot. I mean, divorce is up even more. I mean, at one point it was 50 percent. I think it's even higher now. It like is. there's so many things going on right now. And the stress of the world, I think, prevents people from being their best self and showing up as their best self in their relationships. So let's dive in. Let's yeah. talk about this. You you hit a, a major point, Cammy, because since the pandemic, the global pandemic that we and our, our generation has experienced since 2020, because I know there's been many global shifts with so many different things that have happened to us, but it really exposed people. And and I don't say that from a space of judgment. I say that as a fact, right? It It exposed how... People were being so busy that they weren't looking at the wounds that were all over their heart, body, mind and spirit, not just because of whatever they had going on personally, but also in their relationships. It's really easy to ignore how your spouse gets on your last good nerve when you're out of the house 18 hours a day and you only see each other like passing ships, you know, for showers, maybe for sex. And mostly for sleep, like you're really not in tune with each other. But when the world stopped or almost stopped and everyone was stuck seeing each other, seeing all of the habits, hearing, oh, my God, I haven't sat down and ate with you in years unless it was in a crowded restaurant. And now I hear how you smack your food and I hear how much you swallow and just all of those little tiny little things, those things perked up. But then so did the other big things like not being heard not being validated, not being edified, not being desired, like so many of those things that you were able to busy yourself away from or numb yourself with the outings and the extra work. And for some people, the alcohol and, you know, card games and trips and all those other ways that in and of themselves may not necessarily be bad things, but because they were using them to numb from the realities of the pain of their life, Many of those things were stripped away for so many reasons, financial, someone lost a job, they couldn't afford those things anymore. Just so many. So they were exposed. They were exposed in not just this person may not be the best person for me, because maybe 20 years ago we were great, but we actually don't have anything in common now. But also I'm a different person. I have to look at what I want. Wait a minute. How have I been tolerating this? Why have I been putting up with me? not choosing me, right? Like all those things, that intentionally selfish portion, which is really a redefining, not in the egotistical definition of Oxford and Webster dictionary, 
but creating that spaciousness for yourself to hear what you really want, to forgive yourself for the things you and only you know what you need to forgive yourself for, because we're quick to forgive other people, but we maybe haven't done the work ourselves. So all of that came up over the last, at the time of this recording, almost four years ago now, and just got pervasively worse and worse and worse because people were trying to get back in step with the numbing and the busyness and the avoiding of themselves, which is why we say when you're intentionally selfish and you're bold enough to do it, you're being bold enough to listen to you, to make room for you. I've been doing all of this work for my family to pay the bills and to take care of the house and to take care of all this. I've been doing all of this to help the world and to serve and to impact. What are you getting out of it? And not just the money. I'm not talking about the money part. We understand we need shelter. We need safety. We need insurance, all the things. But what have you been able to receive? If you're receiving four hours of sleep, something's out of alignment. If you're receiving pats on the back that feel superficial, something's out of alignment. And for so many couples and individual humans that were not necessarily wanting to be in a partnership in a romantic way in that hour because they realized that they didn't want to share that space in this moment, which is probably the healthiest thing to do if you have the choice to do it. Even some of those people, we have clients that are individual potent humans that are not in a courtship at the time. And when they came to us, they said, I want to ready myself for the love. I know I'm not ready yet. I have certain things that are in alignment. And there are many things that I know me because I've been single or I've, you know, I'm recently divorced or been divorced for 10 years and I'm happy to not share my bed. But there's something that I want, right? Like I want some companionship. So many times they come for the readying of themselves if they're not already in a relationship that they want to amplify. I love this. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. And you know, it's interesting how you just painted all that picture because it really did happen. Like, you know, we were, we all had our own schedules and we went our own separate ways. And then all of a sudden we were all just there. We were just there. Mm-hmm. Then we were everywhere you look, there they were. And there was no quiet time, no uh, alone time. Everything was just zapped from us. And I think that really wore a lot of people out. And yeah. again, like you said, like, you know, you go to work all day. By the time you come home, you're not really paying attention. You're tired. You're like a zombie. You eat the dinner. You get in front of the TV and you go to bed. Right. Like and there wasn't any of that. There was it was we were all there and it was raw. and We felt it all and we yes. saw it all. Yes. Oh, my gosh. You, you took me back there mm-hmm. <laughs> Like for a minute. Like I'm like, oh, I remember that was hard. So what would you say is the number one theme? Uh, that you hear the most when it comes to couples? What is the number one that's across the board? You know, there's always a few like wingers, but what is the one that you're like, yep, that's the one. Yeah, it's usually, um, if I had to bring it down to the one, it's some version of a statement of sex is a chore. Um, And that usually comes up. So just for context, for everyone listening, The families, the couples that we work with are not knocking on the door of divorce. They're not saying, hey, let's go to Big Pro or else, you know, this is our last hope. Many of them have had some version of counseling or coaching or some, you know, they went to some intimacy retreats or conferences or things and and some haven't. But typically they find themselves saying to, to each other, we have a really good relationship, but we want it to be greater. Like they want to literally amplify. And of course, in the process of dealing with a third person, a third party, you're going to uncover that there are some, we call them love gaps, some little potholes in there that you weren't so good with, but they weren't non-negotiables, right? Like they weren't something that was going to make you say, hey, I don't want to be with you anymore. But they were definitely, as the farmers would say, the little foxes that could spoil the vine if you're not careful. Um, So, of course, we close those gaps and do the amplification when we can. But when the couples come, usually and we have these um, build better together kind of power consultations. And when we're in these conversations and I ask them, you know, when's the last time you've craved each other? Usually there's silence like what? craved like it wasn't just like oh it's Tuesday night this is our time right like it wasn't (laughs) kind of a scheduled or just understood because we didn't have a overly packed schedule um so the craving they're usually they perk their hair their ears up to but then I always usually ask like how how good does sex feel to you do you look forward to you are you excited 
or is it just like medicine? Like you need to get it. I've had clients say it's right down there with cleaning the toilet. It's something I know has to be done. I would be disgusted with myself if I didn't do it. And I don't want other people to come and see a dirty house, right? Like, so I want to make sure that my partner doesn't feel like we're keeping a a dirty house and they both feel that way in some version or the, you know, it's like changing the oil in the car. It's just something you have to get done. Like these are actual quotes from, you know, potential and and actual power couple clients, Um, which again, power couple is not about money. It's their ability to be philanthropic and, you know, really influential in their industries and advocates for disproportionately affected people. So they have to care about something bigger than themselves in order to qualify. Uh, But it being that their intimacy, whether it's the physical and or emotional, which there's many, many different types of intimacy, but that's typically where they put it. It's usually that they feel like it's mundane, like they're in a rut. They're like, yeah, we've done a lot of things, but we just feel like we need to spark it up. And usually the spark, which I tell all the clients, is not about the physical thing you do. It's yes, we will spark the bedroom for sure. But it's usually the things outside of the bedroom that actually amplify the intimacy. And let's start there. I love what you said about crave, right? So Mm -hmm. like when you say the word crave, I think I crave chocolate. I crave pizza, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Uh, So I, I love that that is such a good way to say that because we have cravings and they're always things we love and enjoy, right? They might not always be good for us, but we love and enjoy them. And look forward to them and can't wait to have them. Um, So I love what you're saying here about that. And then you're going into this whole mundane. So we are going to talk about sex. I mean, that's it. So what would you say is the number one theme across the board that causes that problem? Like what what is it? I mean, I know there's got to be like one that comes up more than others. So it's it's honestly the if I had to give it one word, it would be busyness. If I had to break down busyness, it's usually the busyness that one or both couples feel like you're being busy instead of. So often, regardless of how amazing your individual portfolios are and how much of a boss both of you are in your different ways, right? So this isn't about like one person does more than the other. That's not the issue. It's one person feeling like they're not worthy of the other person's attention. So you'd rather be busy. You'd rather put something else in front of them. Um, And I hear that a lot, especially for the couples that don't have little people. Um, When there's little people, sometimes plus or minus, they can be an anchor of shared responsibility where you have to try to coordinate schedules a little bit more because of the little people. But little people aside, when there's two individual humans that are adults and have really full lives and full plates and community service and all the things, it's, well, hey, why did you take that extra meeting when you knew that we hadn't had a date night or some time in the last three weeks? I don't feel heard. I don't feel appreciated. I don't feel seen. And sometimes it switches between the two, but usually it's one person. And honestly, it's mostly from our experience. It's mostly been the husbands not feeling heard Mm. even more so, especially in this age of so many of our clients just happen to be entrepreneurial or they work in organizations where they kind of run the the silo like a business, like a micro business. And they are dealing with global time zones. Right. And their customers and clients are all over the world and they're doing all this. And the spouse wants to support them without, you know, being alpha and putting them in a different place. But in that support, they often feel like they get pushed aside and it's just understood and they don't always feel heard. Isn't that interesting? And yet usually it isn't it the women who are like exhausted and stressed out. It's like men could be on all fours dying and still be ready to roll. And women are like, are you kidding me after the day I had? So, but one thing I've heard, I don't know if I read this or heard it was sex starts in the kitchen, right? Like, so, so too many times I, I hear, and you'll have to tell me about this and how people can fix it. But is that, you know, the, the woman is all doing all her things until she's ready to collapse in bed. Mm -hmm. And that's when the guy thinks like, Oh, this is when the party starts. Right. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so when you talk about grave, I'm going to go back to that. Is that, you know, I think that, that we have to work harder to create that craving 
you know, at four o'clock in the afternoon versus 10 o'clock at night. Right. Like, so that you're like, okay, this is what's going down. And now I'm actually looking forward to it instead of one more thing to do before I can actually go to bed. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Talk to me about this. Yeah. I mean, women typically, of course, there's outliers, but women typically are emotionally stimulated first and foremost, right? Like you have to emotionally increase our libido. (laughs) Like it's it's not a, you touch me here or there and I'm ready to go. Like, of course we all have our moments. We have our time for sure. We're, We're sexual beings, but that's not typically what gets us going. Wherefore a typical, again, outliers, not without, a typical male is like, oh, you looked at me and blinked? Let's go, right? Like, you know, they don't typically need a lot of stimulation. Unless they're, you know, dealing with something really anchoring like depression or anxiety or something else that might medically be bringing their thumb down chemically. But what I um, you made me think of a a specific power couple. So cute. So amazing. Um, And the wife is an engineer. Right. So she's very logical, very like on it, very in the moment. And when she's doing something and he comes to be sweet, she's like rigid. What are you doing? I'm I'm in the zone right now. This is not your time. Read the signs, homie. Like she's very much serious about that. And he just didn't understand it until we helped him, you know, read the room a little bit better, but also start with smaller things. She was like, do you know how sexy it is to me that you put the dishes in the dishwasher and cleaned off the stove and the backsplash without me asking? That is sexy to me. Like do that. And we have no, you know, no questions, (laughs) but right. Like, but if I did the prep, the cleaning, the cooking, the setting the table and the cleaning up, I have no energy or stimulation going because you sat on the couch for three hours while I did all this. And you thought, well, we weren't arguing when it was a good day. Like, no, that's not a good day for me. So we had to do a lot more around the recreational intimacy, which is how you play together. We also had to do some work intimacy work, which is how you work together. And that dishwasher example is one like we can work together a little bit better. So it's not as uneven in terms of the after traditional work hours things, but also playing like what do you want? What does she like to do? What does he like to do? Everything is not just about her. Right. But what does he want to do? And sometimes tapping back into that inner five, seven, 10, 15 year old when you were willing to go skateboarding or throw on some skates or go to a skating rink or just go for a walk and find a lake and throw pebbles and talk. Like even if it's something that small, weather dependent, environment dependent, those things can break up the mundaneness of we came home, we parked the car in the garage. Somebody sat in the car in the car for 45 minutes because they were trying to talk themselves in to going into house. That happens a lot, right? They go in and then there's a whirlwind of conversation of bills and business and chores and who did what and who didn't move this. There's all of that. And there's eating. Then there's TV usually spread apart on the couch if you're in the same room, because that's different now, too. People are starting Mm -hmm. to do their silos. One is in the basement. One is in another (laughs) room watching separate shows. And then it's all right. Good night. If there's a good night. And that's it. And if there happens to be sex, it's more of a of a spontaneous, hey, let's just do this because it's been a while. Um, or maybe one of them needs it as a stress relief because a lot of couples have been doing that for each other where they feel like they have to have sex to keep the relationship or they have to have sex because they know that the other person has a, a increased appetite and they don't want any straying to go on or any challenges there. So they're defaulting to fawning, which that's really what that is when you're doing something that you really don't want to do, but you're doing it because you feel like you have to appease the other person. You're placating, but then that creates resentment in you in so many ways. That's why I keep thinking that as I'm nodding my head, I'm like, yeah, you know, we all do things we don't want to do because we're how we have to, or we're obligated, whether it's in a job or, you know, helping someone else or whatever. Um, but yeah, it, a lot of that it, at the end of the day becomes resentful. Yeah. It's like, I, and then how fun is it when you're like, I don't want to do this. <laughs> right. I'm only doing this because I have to, right? Like, yeah. What happened to the to the where you were, you know, hiding and doing the forbidden thing. Right. Mm-hmm. And it was fun. 
to this whole, now I have to do that. So yeah. one of the things you said, I love this. And it made me think of like, know your audience, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. You got to know your audience. Like you got to figure that out and know what, what is going to work and, and how it works. And so I, I love that you're helping people figure that out. That is yeah. amazing. Because- and Kimmy, you know, in your business, it's listening. You can't mm-hmm. know what your audience wants if you don't listen to what they're saying. Right. And you definitely don't, won't know what your spouse wants if you're just coming in like a bulldog in a china shop, tearing everything up because this is what you do every day instead of saying like, how can I support you? How can I help you? I feel like you don't feel heard all the time. What can I do differently? Just give me, give me some insight. Tell me, you oh, you don't like lilies anymore? I'll stop sending you lilies every anniversary thinking that that's a cool thing when you actually hate flowers right (laughs) you're allergic now right (laughs) that part oh my gosh that's so funny I love that I love that you're able to facilitate those conversations and reunite people to where they want to be because I'm sure nobody is you know wanting to be in that space and it it can be very difficult because the longer you're there the harder it is to find your way back And most people can't do it alone. Like I say to people all the time, the same mind that got you where you are today is not going to get you where you want to go. Right. And that, I mean, girl, Mm, (laughs) drop the mic, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's great that people have you um, and your husband that can support them in that area and help them find their way back before it's too late. I love that. Thank you. So let's, and you know, you did say about that whole, like being in separate rooms kind of thing. I think 2020 did that to us because we had no separate space. So like no, no alone time that we all started just going to our own corner and then it never changed. Like the world started to open up, but we all got comfortable in our own corner Mm -hmm. and that became the new way. And so I could see where that can be very dividing as well and very closed off. Like, one spouse is thinking or one partner's thinking about the other, like, why don't they want to be in the same room with me? Right. Mm-hmm. Like the stories we tell ourselves that we yeah. create are damaging as well. So this is so hard to decipher. It's like a whole different language. It, it is. And honestly, there's the other there's two sides of it. Right. Like I want you to be intentionally selfish enough as an individual human woman, male in between, whatever, to say, I need some time to myself. And I honor that. There's nothing wrong with you. That doesn't have to, we didn't have to have a fight for me to want the time. This is good for me because when I come back into the room with you, when I come back into the bed with you, when I come back into the boardroom to have the conversation after having a couple of days to myself to just listen to what I really want, I'm actually clear and I can communicate it clearly. I can communicate it confidently. And I have the power of myself, not other people's, ideas or how my grandparents did it or how my parents did it right like how my my older sister keeps telling me you gotta do this even though we know she's not happy right like you know we don't have that because we had time to literally trust our inner brilliance that's really hard too when you're so busy you can't hear yourself and I will say on one of the the positives it's it's challenging for our brave men which is what we call our husbands it's challenging for them But women typically are the quick decision makers when it comes to this. It might you might be a slow burn to realize like, oh, I've been doing some things out of sync. But when a woman makes up her mind to get something done, nothing and no one can stop her. She's invincible, right? Like she's unstoppable, unconquerable. So we actually angle our services towards the woman because of that. We know that when you are ready. And you can, if you decide that you're willing to do some of your own work and all that, and your partner gets to see or benefit from that, and then they come along, hallelujah. But when you have decided, I need to, I need to make some changes for me. I'm ready for this for me. That's why we opened up different programs and things that you and I have talked about outside of this particular episode. That's why we do it. It's because we know the woman is the neck, as they say, even though the man might be in a traditional relationship, the head. You, your head can't do nothing without your neck. If you've ever had neck pain, you understand what I mean. (laughs) Nothing is happening and you rely on those muscles. So we rely on the muscles of the woman as the neck. I love this. Well, this conversation went where we didn't even know it was going, but I love it. 
Um, so let's bring this back to this um, intentionally selfish. Okay, yes. let's give a couple of tips uh, mm-hmm. for both for both genders mm-hmm. um, on how what what are some great ways or ways that you have seen work tremendously um, for being intentionally selfish and being able to come back to that place. Yeah. Where you feel complete and you can be like, play the role that you need to play. Yeah. Yeah. It's in the definition. So I redefined intentionally selfish and I put intentionally in in front of it on purpose. Right. So you're not confusing it with the dictionary version of don't be selfish. Don't be egotistical, mean person. So intentionally selfish is giving yourself that personal, intimate gift. Gift is an acronym of space to create joy your way, right? That intentionally personal, intimate gift to create joy your way. Gift is the tool. It is the answer to your question. Gift stands for gratitude. Don't hide behind gratitude. So it's the opposite of what most, most people are thinking. We understand in 2024 that you should be grateful and that it raises oxytocin when you're grateful, right? And it puts you in such a good space neurobiologically. It does all the wonderful things. But one of the things that we as humans do is we overdo everything. We take a little bit of something. Somebody says, eat a little bit of salt. Now you put salt on everything. Like we just overdo everything and then create another problem, not necessarily a good problem. So we found that people were hiding behind gratitude. It was that, oh, I'm so grateful. I shouldn't ask for more. My husband is a good person. I shouldn't ask for any changes. I shouldn't ask for any more. My wife is good. We have a good relationship. Is good good enough is always my question. Is, and if good is not good enough for you, don't judge it and say, oh my God, I'm a horrible person for saying that. Like, you know what? Some people were created to just be content. If you're one of those people, hallelujah. You are content with whatever it is you are content with and that is fine. And that contentment might look like complacency for many people, especially if that's not who you are. If you are neurodivergent, for instance, where you have a lot of changes happening in your beautiful brain and you also create a lot of things because it feeds that beautiful brain of ADHD or autism or so many different areas of neurodivergence that are coming up for you. You doing one thing all the time a certain way is like death to you every day and it's not good. So good is definitely not good enough for you. You want to tap into that curiosity and adventure and play. I call it wearing your ball cap, like C-A-P. Be curious, be adventurous, be playful. You want to do that, which means you can't hide behind gratefulness as the reason why you won't ask more of your partner, more of your teammates more of yourself. It is okay. So G is don't hide behind gratefulness, not just be grateful. The I is the imagination, which is allowing yourself to play, right? We get stuck in when I was 10, I said I was going to be a pediatrician. So that's what I have to do. Or my parents told me I had to be a doctor. So that's what I'm going to do. We get so stuck in these rote boxes that we created by ourselves probably predicated off of someone else's expectation, which I call expired, but it's not expired for you if you're still allowing it to lead you. So let's give yourself some space. So when you take a couple days off, a couple hours off, give yourself some space to imagine. You can start that by saying, hey, I'm grateful for this, but what do I want more of? Let me imagine it. So GI, let me imagine bigger in this area. Let me imagine more cheeky, curious, playful, naughty things in this other area, right? Like whatever I want to do, let me imagine differently. The F is the forgiveness that we've been talking about throughout the episode. We know that you're supposed to forgive other people because you don't want that to be harbored on your heart and all these outstanding kind of energetic tethers to you. But one of the things that people don't realize, especially if they haven't done a lot of inner child work, is you said, yes, dad, I forgive you. Yes, mom, I forgive you. Yes, old coach, I forgive you. Yes, coworker who stole my project and pretended it was hers, you know, whatever. Yes, I forgive you. But when you're actually punishing yourself, why did I allow that to happen? I never should have been her friend. I never should have mentored. I never should have, right? When you do that to yourself and you haven't forgiven yourself, that's actually the deeper wound, more so than what someone outside of your body did to you. 
So you have space now with a micro sabbatical, two minutes of breath work, whatever it is that you do to give yourself that time to pause. You have the space now to say, I forgive me. And I forgive me, get, get literal, get deep. Look in the mirror at yourself. Mirror work is proven to be helpful for rewiring your brain. Look into the eyes of your soul, your eyes, and say, Nikita Ren Thigpen. And if you're married and have another name, because I do say my whole name, Nikita Ren Webster Thigpen, I forgive you. I forgive you for how you lost your patience with your brother the other day and how you allowed them to take you back to when you were 15, right? Like, and, mm. and put you in that energetic state. Because if you got yeah. siblings, y'all understand what I mean, right? Like, you can yep. be 50 <laughs> and they will put you back. <laughs> <laughs> to that other area to 10 <laughs> right to, to that time or your parents or whoever like just give yourself that moment to forgive yourself I like to do my forgiveness work right after I brush my teeth because it's anchored to something that I'm going to do consistently every day twice a day and I know that I won't forget it because I've anchored it to something that is ritualistic for me so anchor your forgiveness work to something that makes sense for you brushing your teeth before you take your shower whatever it is and if you amplify it with mirror work, it really does shift you faster. And the T is taking action on something you imagined. So if you GIFT'd and that I was imagined something greater, you imagine having uh, more time to just sit and whittle your feet and not have to think or do anything. Okay, great. We'll take action. What does that action look like? Let me put a permission to pause block on my calendar for let's say seven to 7.30, right? Like it can start that small, obviously and biasly, I'm voting for you to take weeks off when you can, right? Like when you can really have that time to shed all of the busyness and to really get out of those old ways of being and have room to do something new and to kind of recalibrate. But I know logistically that that's a privileged mindset and not everyone can do that all the time. I will say that if you are listening to this and you have your own business um, or in business for yourself, do the numbers. Look at the time of year where fiscally it doesn't make sense for you to be open because the numbers don't justify. For us, that was the summer. There's not enough keynotes and speaking engagements and conferences and all the things. People are doing vacations and baby showers and all of it over the summer. So we put our six week sabbatical for the entire company since at least 2013, 2014 at this time, we put it in the summer because fiscally it was the smartest time for us to do it. We were making more money by not being open and all the networking meetings and all the things than we were with trying to churn and, and push instead of just allowing. So look at, your, look at your numbers. And if you work in an organization, just try to time based on what comes up for you. If you know every year around November, you really are grieving family that is no longer here, maybe you need to anchor a couple of extra days there for time off and not say, oh, it's the holiday time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the holiday time is going to be there, whether you still work for that company or not. Right. But your mind is something different. I love what you're saying here. Oh, my gosh. And I actually did that with my business and my schedule. I take the summers off and I take a month off between Christmas, right around Christmas and New Year's. Same. Uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I totally uh, made a schedule that I could live with forever. Like, and you know, and then I never think about retiring or, or nothing because I know I, this is doable for forever. And it's, it feels good. Like I'm taking care of myself in that process. And I you feel are. like I'm honoring myself yeah. in that time. So I love this so much. Oh my gosh. This is amazing. Amazing. Oh, I, I just think like, I think we just covered everything. <laughs> I really do. I'm like, okay, time to move on. So we did talk prior um, mm -hmm. on the pre-call about some of the different offerings that you have. So I would love to talk about that. So tell us mm -hmm. a little bit about um, some of the other offerings that you are using to help your clients. Yeah. So the first, of course, are top of the top is our private advisory. That's when we work with the power couples privately or potent humans. And the potent humans for context is always our women, just to be clear. So if you are a woman leader, a woman in business, a woman founder, you are what we call potent because you were willing to do something bold and audacious for yourself that generations past 
we weren't allowed to, to be quite frank. You know, that's the feminist in me. Can't help it. (laughs) Nope. Don't even think about it. Yeah. Right. And so sometimes because of schedules and global time zones and things, just working privately is more accommodating and more supportive. Um, That's also our highest tier because it's the highest access to me directly. Um, Outside of that, we do VIP days. Usually those are for our married women entrepreneurs that are really trying to create their business model to be like how you did for yourself, more in alignment with your energetic nature, with your schedule, with the realities. If you're in the sandwich generation, maybe you're caregiving for elders, you know, all the all the various things that can come with that. Um, But our Women's Self-Care Guild is our flagship baby. And that's our mentorship program. You do have to be a woman. So it's not open to our few brave men like the power couples. And we even do bespoke VIP days just for men who are also potent humans. That's just not how we determine you. We call you brave men instead. Um, But the Women's Self-Care Guild is really if you're busy and you're tired of being tired, and you're ambitious and resilient, and you really just want peace. That's what the mentorship program is for. Uh, We say it's really about self-care for your whole success. It's not just, let me teach you some diaphragmatic breathing and remind you to get in a yoga pose. Those are all great things. Yes, we encourage you to do them, but it's more than that. You have a soundboard of aligned minds and other women who get it that are across industries, across business tiers at very different levels of business coming with no judgment, no shame, and no accusations or inferences of you're not awesome because you need help with your self-care. It's you're awesome because you're creating this special time for yourself, which is once a month. It's a once a month mentorship. And then we have our community on Telegram. So it's pretty amazing. And we get really good reports in terms of business and bedroom so (laughs) (laughs) that's right from the bedroom to the boardroom right every day or or is it the other way (laughs) yeah yeah from the bedroom to the boardroom that's That's right right. that's right oh my gosh this is amazing you are making such an impact in the world supporting women um and couples in in this journey that you have taken here and Oh my goodness. So great. So great. Let's do this. Let's tell our listeners one easy place where they can find you. Easy. The website, bigpro.com, T-H-I-G-P-R-O.com. I love it. And all of the links are in the show notes. So as you're listening, you can't write that down. Just click the link in the show notes and that will take you right to Nikita. and her amazing, amazing business and offerings. Oh my gosh, this has been so fun. It took a turn. I didn't even know we were taking and yet we covered everything and we still got to talk about sex. (laughs) So to the listeners, you're welcome. You're welcome. (laughs) You're welcome. You know, anytime we talk about sex on She's Invincible, we get the highest rating. So here we go. (laughs) Hey, I hope you're enjoying this episode. And just before we get to the good stuff, right? The good, the bad, and the ugly, I have this great announcement for you. We are starting the Pod Power Hour, which is a virtual event that's gonna happen on Wednesdays at noon Eastern. And so if you've ever thought about having a podcast, if you have questions, if you are a podcaster, and you wanna come and meet other podcasters and learn what's new, what's happening, tips and tricks to be better at this amazing passion of podcasting that you have, we would love for you to join us. We're gonna have experts there that are gonna be sharing their genius. It's gonna be amazing. So, and if you're a host and you wanna come meet some amazing uh, people that could be potential guests for you on your show, come on out. What a great way to get exposure. Be sure to check it out on my website at camilehman.com as well as follow me on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. Whatever is your favorite platform, we will have registration there. You do need to register to attend and it is on Zoom. So super simple, just one hour every other Wednesday. We start on May 4th, so don't miss out. Get registered today. We can't wait to see you there. You have moved from fighting cancer to discovering how to live beyond it. But what now? With so many emotional side effects still unknown, as a new survivor, 
you find yourself in a void as you navigate through the isolation, fear, and an uncertain future that can overshadow you and your family for years to come. Instead of focusing on the uncertainty of cancer, consider how strong and determined you are and think of the strength demonstrated by those who stood beside you through it all. Consider this. You now get to choose who you want to be and what your intentional, fulfilled life can look like. You made it through treatment. We can help you define yourself as a survivor. We're here to help you through this moment, to walk beside you as you shift your mindset from counting the days of life to creating a legacy. For more information, visit www.adventuretherapyfoundation.org or contact us at info at Oh my gosh, this has been so fun. Thank you mm-hmm. so much for being with us. You know, on She's Invincible, we promise our listeners we're going to bring them fierce entrepreneurs and that we're going to expert their just shine and just spotlight their expert zone of genius. And I think we've done that so well with you today. Thank and you. I thank you so much for that. But we're not done because we also promise our listeners that while we are featuring and spotlighting these fierce entrepreneurs, that we'll pull back the curtain and that we'll show that journey because people look at you and think, wow, she's got it all figured out. Her and her husband, they got it together. They're helping other couples and you make it look so easy. (laughs) You you even make it sound so easy. And so, but we know the truth, right? There's a price to pay for success and you paid a hefty price for the success that you enjoy today. And so we're going to pull back the curtain and share some quick stories. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do it. Our listeners count on this. This is their favorite part. So tell us a story about the good or the greatest part of your journey so far. I would say the best part of my journey has been being honestly able to do this with my soul's half and forever lover. I'm so grateful. My husband actually doesn't work in our business. He works on the business. He's a shareholder and he's head of our design and all the wonderful things that you see come out, um, our podcast, all of it. But he has been my personal soundboard in addition to like our business advisory. But he's he's my go to literally from the bedroom to the boardroom. He's a great example of when it's done well. It's priceless. I love that. That That's so great. It's so great. Uh, Okay, so we'll save ugly for last. But tell Mm -hmm. us a story about the bad part of the journey. Mm, That was pretty recent. And God knows we have so many bad stories we can tell over 13 years. Right. Like, you know, you you feel me, sis. I feel you. (laughs) You guys who aren't watching this, we're looking at each other like, you you know, (laughs) Um, with um, head head bopping nods. Uh, I would say the bad part for me was a reality check. In 2021, I got diagnosed with a massive tumor. Um, that actually towards the end started creating additional little tumors. Um, we called it Tommy the tumor. My my youngest named it because it literally made me look like I was carrying a bunch of babies. Like it was it was very significant in my ovaries, and they had to take all of my inside out, <laughs> like just take it all out at the end of it because it was such an entanglement, literally wrapped into my uterus and all kinds of things. But during that eight eight months that I wasn't able to work um, because of the nature of what we do, which is very intimate, it's high discretion, confidentiality. I had to be very careful with who I pulled on to support my clients that I couldn't, you know, reschedule or defer out for some of the programs, the programs we were able to stop and pause, but some of the more intimate work, it was really challenging. And I really did learn that there were people in my network who were close to me not for the right reasons that really were just looking for paydays is the best way that I can say that. And, you know, being I'm preaching to the choir here. Sometimes when you are busy, you don't notice certain things. And because I was busy before and I wasn't noticing because I would see people, you know, once, twice a year over a a brunch or something, and we're just kind of in catch up mode or I'm referring people and, and whatever. I didn't necessarily notice how many people were only available to me when I was pushing checks across the table is what I call it. Um, Because I'm one of those people that can do a lot of things because of my vast skill set, but I choose to do very specific things. And I I do believe that when you get caught doing a whole lot of things, you get 
pulled out of turn and it's not your best self, even for the clients that you're serving. So I chose a, a many years ago, you know what? If someone comes to me specifically for therapy, yes, I'm still a licensed therapist, but I don't do therapy in that way. I'm not taking insurance. Let me push the check across the table, so to speak. If someone calls to me for comes to me specifically for business strategy, no, that's not what I do. Yes, I can do it with a successful business of 13 years, but that's not what I choose to do. Let me push the check across the table to someone else in my network who does it. So I had a very specific network of people that I was pushing checks across. And when you can't give to people, you start to really get to hear just how silent things get, especially when you need a little bit of support. So that was a really, really bad time for us Mm. then, for Mm. sure. Yeah. And it's hard. If it's not bad enough what you're going through, then to have that realization is just on top of it all. Just very discouraging. Yeah. All right. Well, that was bad. Tell us about the ugly. The ugly was recent, too, in terms of the ugliest, you know, more recent was coming back when the world opened up. Right. Like we we all kind of shut down for most of the year of 2020 into mid 2021. Um, I was still shut down because I was recovering from all the things until early 2022 ish. And with the slow walk into the year um, and then trying to go back and do things the way we did pre covid, you know shaking hands, kissing babies, going to all the networking events, smiling, working the room, right? Like you remember being like, oh my God, when can I get out of these shoes? You know, just (laughs) all of those moments that we did happily, you know, most of the time before COVID. But after the global pandemic shift that happened with COVID and listening so much to yourself and seeing what was in alignment and what worked, even though I went in autopilot, like, okay, I'm back to work now and I have to do this and this, and I have to go here and have to go here. You know, you have your checklist. I realized that those things were not serving me. They were really suffocating. A lot of the superficial networking that was happening wasn't real connecting and pun intended guys. I'm all about amplifying intimacy. So I like deep, deep connection, real relationship. Cammy, what did you say you need? I really got you, right? Like not right. just the, oh yeah, I hear you, girl. Like <laughs> yeah. if I can do anything, even if it's not directly, but if I can connect you to the closest best thing to what you're looking for, like I really take that seriously. And although it had always been lopsided prior to the pandemic, I was really feeling it now. Now that my life was almost lost, right? In 2021. Yeah. Now that I've really got some come to Jesus moments with myself and and all the other things in between, I I felt so misaligned. And I looked at my business model and my mission has always been what it is. It's never changed, even when we were staffing company, because that was a calling and I answered the call. I just didn't necessarily know what doors to knock on, which is how we started kind of wrong with the staffing. And I was like, oh, I asked what I'm supposed to do. I didn't ask how to do it (laughs) when I was, you know, having these conversations, um, you know, these spiritual conversations and looking for deeper guidance. So when I came back after having so many of these conversations, but ignoring the answers that I received, because I felt maybe it was a little FOMO, a little fear Mm -hmm. of missing out. Like, I don't, I want to say that that's not a thing for me, but it clearly was something that made me feel like I had to jump back into old behaviors. And when I was in these rooms, I remember feeling like I just I want to go to the bathroom and not come out like, you know, until it's over. Like I want to disappear as a wallflower and I'm not a wallflower person. (laughs) You know, I'm very walk in the room, get the party started kind of woman um, and have always been that way. So it was really it was an ugly time that was so precious. And you know how they say, um, what is it? The coal pressure of the coal makes the diamonds. It was a very dark, pressurized time coming back into the world after the pandemic, after my own medical bubble. I like I literally couldn't walk like it was it was a very tough time and coming back and saying, this is not what I want. I want to show up in the rooms where I want to play with everyone here. Like I feel really good and juicy. I don't feel like we have to talk about the weather or some other kind of conversation And then you leave these events with however many business cards that may or may not go into your CRM because you realize that they were talking trash just to have someone to talk to because they also didn't want to walk, you know, 
woke, what do you call it? Work the room, but right. you were a friendly face. So you kind of held each other up, but it wasn't in the integrity of your fiscal responsibility or of your service responsibility for what you really wanted to do. And the reason that I define it as such an ugly time is because I really got to, I exposed myself, right? Like I got to really look at what was out of alignment with me that I don't think I had slowed down enough, not in that kind of container to really see, all right, girl, there's, there's some stuff that you got to put together here too. And even with my own coaches and my own mentors and my own advisors, spiritual advisors and the such, some things you can't see until you get quiet enough to look at yourself and you and only you can do it. And then you can use your, your board of advisors, your team to kind of support you in it, which is what I did. But I needed that time. And it was being in public, a fishbowl and being mm-hmm. exposed was extra challenging because I mean, who wants to be exposed when other people can see you? You run, you rather have those private moments, right? But it was, it was what I needed. And so isn't that interesting? Because before the pandemic, like everyone was doing it. So we were like little robots. This Mm -hmm. is what everyone's doing. We're doing it too. And it was a story we told ourselves. But then when the world shut down and we saw there were other ways to do it, we were like, oh, they said we had to do it this way. This was the only way. But this I like this way better. And this is more productive. Like, I love that I could walk down the hallway and be at the networking meeting, right? In my comfy clothes with my Ugg slippers. That's right. Right. And have two extra hours in my day because I didn't have to get in the car and get gas and, you know, go drive to the place and park and walk and all the things. And then have traffic on the way home. Like we just, and we saw this whole other side of life yeah. that we were like, Oh my gosh. And then how do we abandon what we always did and what the, everyone expects us to do? I think a lot of business women have suffered from that. Men yeah. too. Yeah. I have to yeah. Give, yeah. Men too. But I mean, I'm speaking for women. You and I mm-hmm. work with a lot of women um, on a deeper level. And I, you know, oh my gosh, we found a way to do it all. Like we, you know, we actually yes. could. And yeah. And I, it gave us the extra time too, where we could be selfish, right? Yes. We got yes. time back into our schedules and we became more productive. And then we got to be choosier about how we wanted to spend our time mm-hmm. and it became a healthier choice. That's and, right. And yet that was the ugly. And here, like, look at you now mm-hmm. telling everybody else, like, be selfish, right? Be yes. intentionally selfish, make, make good choices, do what's right for you. I choose you. Yes. Choose, choose you. you. Yes. Like choose you first and then the rest can come. I love this so much, Nikita. Thank you. Thank you, Thank you so much for being here and sharing. Oh, so at such a deep level too. Honestly, I had, did not expect we would go this far uh, this <laughs> long. I I'm thrilled. Let me tell you, I was excited to begin with, but I'm even more thrilled at where we ended up. And I can't wait till we can have another conversation. Absolutely. On and off air. Yes. We have have so much to talk about. And I I just think that where my audience is right now, you will be a wealth of knowledge and inspiration for them um, as they navigate some of the tricky times and tricky waters. Um, And I just love that. And I feel so lucky to have gotten to even meet you. And to be able to share this story today. So thank you so much. I'm honored. Oh, I got all the fills. Oh, and thank you for being invincible. Thank you for being just across the river. Oh my gosh, we're so close. We can get together. I'm just excited. I'm so excited to know you. And I just want to say to our listeners, you guys, this isn't even half of what they do. So click the link in the show notes because I am certain that there are programs that you all could benefit from. And so just click around, get on that website, look at all the things and see where you fit into this equation so that they can help you to help yourself. Mm, I don't know what else to say. What does Jerry Maguire say? Help me help you. (laughs) Right. And I feel like that's me. Show me the money, right? Help me help you. My favorite line on that movie, because so many times we get stuck and we stand in the way of the people that can help us because we're so stuck 
Let's not be that stuck today. Let's listen with an open heart and let them help us. This is just amazing. Thank you. And to our listeners, I don't know where you are in your life or your business. I can only guess. But if you are face down on the ground right now, get back up. The support is just an arm's length away. It's a click on the keyboard to get the support you need. Even if you feel like you can't do it anymore, I'm telling you, you can. Just get back up. You can do anything. You are invincible. Thank you for joining us today. If you were inspired or learned something new, please follow the show, submit a rating and review, and share us with your friends. If you would like to chat to see if you can attract your ideal client and monetize your business through podcasting, please book a free call with me at camilehman.com. I can't wait to meet you.